Hello, 93.5 listeners. This is Caden Lincoln, and you're listening to KWDC 93.5 Stockton. The show you're turned into right now is a show put together by the students and staff enrolled in the broadcasting courses in the digital media department at the San Joaquin Delta College. Thanks for listening and supporting college radio. My name is Caden Lincoln, and I will be your guide to going to the movies today. This is the first episode of an all-new show called Let's Go to the Movies. In this show, we will talk about what's new in the film world, like new releases and also recent movie news. And we will also go to even reviewing an older movie. The new releases we will talk about today is Black Adam, followed by our older movie from the early 90s, the action sci-fi classic Total Recall. So sit back and relax And let's go to the movies. Black Adam. We're here to negotiate your peaceful surrender. I'm not peaceful. Nor do I surrender. It's his darkness that lets him do what heroes cannot. The battle you're meant to fight is upon us. There's no one on this planet that can stop me. So a few weeks ago, I saw the new movie release, Black Adam, starring uh, Dwayne Johnson. It's his new big epic action film. And it was also starring uh, Pierce Brosnan alongside um, Sarah Shahi and Noah Centennial, alongside many others. This show, this movie, I would say, it's, it's a pretty good movie. It's really enjoyable. It's very entertaining. It's like your classic blockbuster movie. You're like you're not going there to like. Hey, I'm gonna critique this and that. I'm going like you're not going there to see an arc. You're going there to have fun. Just have a watch fun action movies, some popcorn and some drinks. It's, it's a fun movie. That's one thing. But I feel like it's a very underwritten movie. The characters weren't developed enough. I feel like they, to be honest, they try to rip off Terminator 2. But let me go and tell you what it's, what it's about first. It'll sneak peek of it before I go more into detail about my review about it. So Black Adam is a DC comics movie and it's about this character named Black Adam who is gifted magical abilities by the wizards of the DC universe uh, and he ended up using those uh, powers for evil and just started ruining his whole country. That's how the outside world sees it but not the people in the country which his name is Kadak. That's not how they see it. How they see it is that he actually saved them from the oppressive rule of their ancient king. But Black Adam, he was sentenced to eternal damnation and hasn't been seen since. So and that was 5,000 years ago. So in the modern day, this uh, archaeologist, played by Sarah Shahi, Shahi, goes with her brother and two other people to go and discover more about bringing back Black Adam to help them combat the, this oppressive force that has taken over Kadak, the inner, inner gang, which is a classic comic character, villain, bad guy group. Um, but while doing so, they unleash Black Adam, and it's like he's a fish out of water. He's in a whole new world. And that's where this Terminator comparison comes in that I was just talking about, is that he kind of like comes to this world and uh, Sarah Shahi's son, I think her name is Adriana, if I remember correctly. Her son becomes friends with Black Adam and kind of shows him everything that's new about the modern world and like 
the new slang, just like of how John Connor did with Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator and Terminator Judgment Day. But you, if, if you've ever seen Terminator Judgment Day, you will remember of how um, cool that was to see on the big screen and the chemistry that they had together. But together, so once Black Adam gets released, he has a hard time adjusting to this new world, and he starts to destroy stuff. He gets out of control, and, and back in the States, U.S., there's this group called the Justice Society of America, which is kind of like a superhero team, with Hawk, led by Hawkman, and they have whose powers he can, I think it's he can turn into a hawk or something. He can grow, he has these wings and some hawk weapons. Um, and another member is Adam Smasher, who is, oh, Hawkman was played by Aldous Hodge. Adam Smasher is played by Noah Centennial, and Adam Smasher is somebody who can change his size. And there's, um, Cyclone, who's played by Quintessa Swindle, and she basically has the power to manipulate wind. And there's also Dr. Fate, who's played by Pierce Brosnan. Together, the Justice Society of America must go to Kodak to stop Black Adam from all the destruction he's causing there. So they go there, and blah, 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 they end up teaming up, and you have to see, hear about the rest of it by going to see the movie, because it was a pretty good movie. But the issue... So I did like the, the superheroes It was in the action. It was cool to see that with the Justice Society of America coming in and just like using all their powers. It's just a cool like superhero thing to see. But to be honest, I thought that Cyclone and um, Atom Smasher were very underutilized. Like you, you saw maybe their powers used once or twice. I would have like, if I was the writer, I would have them use their powers in a better way. I know for Atom Smasher and probably Cyclone too, visual effects budget was probably made it so they couldn't use their powers like of how we would want to see them but it was still cool to see them anyway but they were kind of lame to be honest as they pertain to the movie they were just there as kind of like background characters but Hawkman and Dr. Fate uh, were excellent characters in the movie and I thought Hawkman really brought like a dramatic effect and stuff to the film and really brought um, what's the word this like Get the word. But Dr. Fate also brought this um, really cool like powers to the team, and it was cool to see those powers on screen. It's, it's his uh, revolved around magic too. Very similar to Doctor Strange, but actually Dr. Fate came out long before Doctor Strange was ever introduced to the comic world. And I was surprised at how much of a role both Doctor Fate and Hawkman had in the movie and, and of how they pertain to the story with Black Adam. Now with Black Adam, I thought he was... I thought Dwayne Johnson did a good job with him. For sure, for the physique part, you could see that when he was flying all over the Kodak and stuff, he didn't look like he was getting dragged by the wires. Cause, you know, he has all that muscle. And he, he's able to keep himself up and really play this part and make it convincible and see, oh, Dwayne Johnson's actually Black Adam. He's actually a superhero. But just like every other Dwayne Johnson film, it might be fun, but he doesn't. he's not the best actor. He's always the tough guy in the film. In every single film he's been in, he's always the tough guy. So, so he didn't add anything new to, the, to his acting uh, in this film. But it was, other than his physique, he really got fucked out for this role. So, going back to what I said earlier about it, I thought this film was very underwritten. It just felt like that these characters didn't... What's the word? Didn't make rational choices like there wasn't anything really moving the plot along you know what i mean 
it was just like, oh, we're gonna fight Black Adam and that's it. It wasn't like Black Adam trying to accomplish something. There's no character arcs to Black Adam, really. At the, when he was first introduced in the movie, he was a pretty brutal, tough guy, and he's the same thing at the end of the movie. And even with all the other characters, there's nothing really big that comes in with like their characters. It's just the same old, same old. There's no character arcs. And what helps make a great movie is great character arcs. People want to see characters change, and that helps create better like audience connection with the characters when they can see these characters and what they go through to change. But sadly, this movie didn't have that. Another thing I didn't like is uh, Adriana's son, the archaeologist, her son, if I, I forgot his name though, but her son was like, oh, his name is Ammon, that's it, Ammon. Her son was like, made some really stupid choices, like, he basically started the big old battle between Black Adam and the inner gang people, and the reason why the JSA ended up beating up Black Adam, because he wanted black adam to fight the inner gang so he decided to go and mess with the inner gang people to have black adam fight them and so black adam could kill them all and kadak could be free just to me that's just a stupid choice for a character to make like what in the world are you serious he's really gonna make a dumb decision like that and like risk the whole entire city because he wants to see black adam fight like seriously come on another thing another thing that i had an issue with in the film was, um, oh, what was it? Some of the visual effects you could tell were good, but there was also some that were like kind of like video game-ish. Like you could kind of tell all the animation in it. And that was kind of really a big issue for me. Um, some other few things that I really liked is I really liked um, uh, Adriana, the archaeologist, her brother. I forgot his name, though, too. Oh, uh, it's Kareem. There it is. Oh, I forgot looking at my notes <laughs> but Kareem he, he really added a lot of comedy to the story and that was really cool to see and another thing that I thought was really cool was Black Adam was kind of like this cinematic climactic level of a movie for the thought of the DC universe a bunch of characters and myths combined including the Shazam stuff there was a cameo which I'm gonna say because it was revealed in the trailer but of Viola Davis's character from the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker show uh, Amanda Waller and she came in and there's stuff to do with her and it really all culminated in this movie and it's really cool to see what's going to happen next and see if DC will continue to do movies like this um, one thing I also didn't go back to another thing I didn't like so I'm going back and forth is that Dwayne Johnson so he's a man of Samoan and Polynesian descent but the Black Adam is a character that's from Middle Eastern descent so it's they kind of like I don't like that when they make somebody who's not of that race just because they might look like it or something be of that race it's just not a good look for the movie it kind of reminds me of uh, i think his name is the actor cliff curtis he he played a role in i think he's australian or polynesian too but he gets cast in all these type roles because he looks like he looks like he can be hispanic or he looks like he could be middle eastern but i just think that's really wrong for like the behind the scene, the director or the producers to cast somebody like that. They should cast uh, talent from that area or from that descent because um, there's this, actually this YouTuber I watched named Gra Grace Randolph and she always says, it's always important to show on screen what reflects your audience. And I think if they could do that with this movie, they could have, 
that could have been a lot better and helped sell the movie a lot more, especially in the Middle Eastern countries. So far, though, as of today, uh, November 2nd, uh, with a week and a half of Black Adam's release, it has made about $250 million, which is a lot of money considering that we're still getting out of a pandemic and stuff. But I think it will continue to do more, and and as well as maybe not as well as some other DC movies. But since the pandemic, I think it will probably be maybe the highest grossing DC movie. Oh no, actually maybe not because the Batman. But it will it'll be up there. It will be up there. With going along with other DC movies, I would say Black Adam is is a fun adventure film, an action film, but it lacks on the writing and the story front. But I know that if they can improve this, maybe for a sequel or whatnot, this movie could do a lot better. So, we'll be taking a short break now, so don't go anywhere, and hope you haven't been enjoying the show so far. Driving means freedom, exploration, fun, pride, flexibility, protection, friendship, escape, independence. Distracted driving means danger, recklessness, irresponsible, chaos, police, devastation, injury, death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit stoptextstoprex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Hey, Delta College students! There is an important update on COVID-19 vaccine requirements. Delta College will be requiring COVID vaccines for all employees and for students registering for in-person or hybrid spring semester classes. There are also allowable exemptions for medical conditions and sincerely held religious beliefs. And for the people that will not be required to undergo COVID-19 vaccine, testing will be required twice a week. To upload your vaccine card, go to myvaccinerecord.cdph.ca.gov. This has been a public service announcement from KWDC. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy. And you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, KWDC listeners. Right before the break, we had talked about the new movie release, Black Adam, starring Dwayne Johnson. Black Adam is a film in the DC film universe or franchise. Black Adam is a comic book character who's been along who's been around since oh, I don't know. Maybe since the, the two early 2000s, maybe late 90s, if I remember correctly. But before the break, I was talking about kind of reviewing the film, what I like and what I disliked, and what I think they could maybe do for a sequel or change for a sequel. But right now I want to talk to you guys more about the DC films and how Black Adam fits in that as a whole. So, how I'd rank the DC films, to be honest, is I, I'm i not a big fan of Zack Snyder's work. I did like his film Dawn of the Dead, like his first film. But he was a big person in DC, the DC film universe. But his Superman movies like Man of Steel, oh, what's the other one? Superman vs. Batman, Dawn of Justice or whatever, and the Justice League. I think those are, his, his version of the Justice League is good. But the one that Joss Whedon made, I think those are at the bottom of the list for me. Um, I did not like the first Suicide Squad. It was good the first time, and it's like, I think 
it gets too much hate for what it actually is, for what it's like, but it still has a lot of faults in it. But then I would probably put down Shaz from here on up, I think all these movies are good. I'd probably put Shazam now. And, uh, no, yeah, Shazam. Yeah, Shazam. Then Wonder Woman 1984. And then probably Black Adam, I would probably put. Well, Zack Snyder's Justice League, actually, I would put that down. But you don't know what that is. Go and search it up. It's, it's Zack Snyder's version of Justice League because he had to leave the film during filming because it's a family issue and Joss Whedon took over and kind of messed up the whole entire film. But, yeah, sorry. But I'll rank that one below that. But then I would say probably it's probably then Black Adam, Aquaman, Birds of Prey. No, actually, Birds of Prey in front of Aquaman, sorry. <laughs> And then The Suicide Squad. I really like the newest James Gunn's version of The Suicide Squad. I thought that movie was very well made. I thought it was his best film yet. Phenomenal writing. Really good direction. Like, I mean, like, really good. It helped me have a greater appreciation for James Gunn's work and excited for what he's going to do next. And he, after, of course, I don't know if you guys knew, but he did the Peacemaker show on HBO Max, and that, that's been really good. Well, it's over now, but I mean, like, it was a really good show. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's how I'd rate the DC films. So I don't know if you guys have been seeing in the news or, or the news or on the internet, Twitter lately, but the DC, uh, management and the universe has been going through a lot, a lot of change. So I just kind of want to tell you guys of what's been happening in the past and what's going to be happening now coming in the future. So... So DC Films, when it started off with The Man of Steel, the DC Extended Universe, DCEU, when it started off with The Man of Steel movie, it, um, I think it had the trajectory route of leading up to Justice League movie, so that's why they entered, that's why they did Dawn of Justice, and then that's why they did, what did they do? They did Wonder Woman, and they did, I think I forgot to mention that in the ranking, that's at the top, near the top two. But uh, what was the other? Yeah, Wonder Woman, and then Batman versus Superman, and that all led up to Justice League. But then Justice League kind of sucked, and they were like, "Oh, where are we gonna go now?" But they already had some movies already ma made, like Aquaman and Shazam. So then I think they decided that they were gonna maybe go for a younger route. So they decided to start doing all these, like, kind of like smaller movies, I guess you would say, or for a younger audience, or for the more people that are into comic book movies. So that made them. Uh, so, they were, so, they, so they've been making all these films, trying to finish up some storylines they had from the last management. And so they were going to do, they are going to have the Flash movie, which that's a whole other story about Ezra Miller and the things that they're doing and stuff. But the Flash, they're going to have the Flash movie. And that's was supposed to, because of the Flashpoint storyline, if you don't know what that is, the Flash goes back in time, resets everything that's been happening inside. The, well, no, he prevents his mother's death and that caused a bunch of things to happen and creates an alternate reality and because you know how time travel works so you mess with something in the past it will change the outcome in the future so that happens and it, it's called flashpoint a bunch of things happen changes history but with flash the flash movie is supposed to reset kind of the dc universe and i think they were going to build to young justice that's what i personally believe so they had made uh the batgirl movie which Back in August, they had announced they were actually canceling because I guess it tested really badly. And they and DC's gone under a new lead. Well, no, DC's owned by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers has been merged with Discovery, and they've gotten a whole new leadership over there. And so the 
the CEO, David Zaslov, did not like what they were doing. So he was like, uh-uh, no more. Uh, so he decided to get rid of Batgirl movie. There was also a Blue Beetle movie that they were going to do. And... Which it's already made, and I think it's still going to be released. But that one's supposedly going to be pretty good. It's uh, been testing pretty well, according to the, my uh, insiders. And um, half the movie I've heard is going to be in Spanish, which really reflects the audience and the, the uh, material that it's based on, which is really cool. Um, some of the other things they canceled they were going to do about the Young Justice was um, they were going to do a Zat- Zatanna movie uh Nightwing movie, but because of their new leadership, he said, no, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to finish up the DC. And he decided that David Zaslav, I believe, decided that he was going to do, he wanted to do more event films, more things that will, cinematic experiences that will get people out going to the theater. So, movies like The Joker that came out a few years ago, they're having a Joker 2. It's some French word for the title, Joker. Valide ducks or something I don't know how to pronounce it. but it means the madness of two that's coming out and lady gaga starring alongside joaquin phoenix in it and that's and it's supposed to be a dark musical so that's supposed to be pretty well and big awesome contender when it comes out and also the batman movie that came out earlier this year he i think he kind of wanted more movies to be like that like more artistically uh artistic more movies with better art artisticism artism in it by the directors and the cast and the crew and the people behind it. And I think if, uh, with this path, he was planning on maybe doing another Superman because there's been rumors around Hollywood that they were going to do a black version of Superman. And I forgot the, the character's name, but it's, it's a storyline in the comics and uh, they were thinking about doing that. But recently, though, with the release of Black Adam and Dwayne Johnson's big efforts, and there's supposedly he's doing a lot behind the scenes, too, but he, this article came out actually from the Hollywood Reporter, revealing that um, about DC's plans now, and I guess they changed it up a lot. I think they still go more for this cinematic event route with some other movies, maybe like the Batman too. But with, I think they're still going to keep the stuff with the DCEU. And so there was an article from the Hollywood Reporter called "DC at a Turning Point: James Gunn Pitches Secret Movie." Dwayne Johnson flexes his Superman power and what just is what is Matt Reeves up to and it was kind of an article that kind of summed up what's the future of DC right now and I think this will even more happen I'll get to it in a minute but will even more happen now because of uh, it was announced last week actually that James Gunn and who is a famous comic book director and also Peter Safran who has been in charge of kind of uh, he's produced a lot of the DC movies and also has also been in charge of uh, Warner Brothers um, what's it called horror division like Annabelle The Conjuring, Malignant those movies and he's been behind those producing those and been in charge of that division has, but Peter Safran and James Gunn have been put in charge of um, continuing the DC universe and being in charge kind of like Kevin Feige is from Marvel they're put in charge of DC like that and DC is changing its name to DC Studios. So, um, a few of the things that they've actually... And I think with James Gunn, this is going to more happen. Because he's a huge comic book fan himself. So I'm pretty sure... I'd be shocked if he does not do what the fans want. Because he's all about the fans. He cares about the fans and what they want. 
But so some of the things that this article had mentioned and with a lot of insiders that I have and people that I watch, they talk about it. But some of the things they've been talking about is doing a uh, Black Adam sequel if this one does good. And I kind of mentioned during my review portion of it that they've been talking that th there's a pretty super mid credit scene from that movie that will mean a lot for the DC universe. But they've talked about doing a uh, Man of Steel 2, Superman 2 is easier to say. And um, it would, the rumor is Henry Cavill would return, who everybody really loves as Superman. And they really want Christopher McQuarrie to do it, who's been doing the Mission Impossible films lately. And he's almost, they're filming the Mission Impossible 8, Dead Reckoning Part 2, or whatever it's called. But I, I'm pretty sure he'll take this opportunity and do it. And, but they, 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 they want to do a Man of Steel 2 um, with James Gunn's stuff. He wants to do another Suicide Squad movie. Uh, he's going to do season two of the Peacemaker show after he finishes up Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which he's doing for Marvel. And then he's going over to DC. He's going to do a Peacemaker season two, supposedly, he says. His, his article says, and what also he says. Um, the, there's going to be a Batman 2 from Matt Reeves, which is the one that just came out, a sequel to that. And I see the earliest that's going to come out is maybe 2025. But I'm fine with that because I really like the realistic take they do on that movie. So, those films. I told you it's about Joker 2. Um, I think maybe with James Gunn being in charge of uh, DC, maybe we might end up getting the Batgirl movie. And I'll get to more of that in a minute. Uh, who else? Uh, we, they're also supposed to do a... So the, the Flash movie's been testing really well with test audiences. And they're supposed to do a sequel with with for it. And they're going to change the actor. Because Ezra Miller's been having a ton of issues. been in the headlines a lot. So they're going to be removed from the movie. And they're going to recast it. And it's supposed to do a second movie. And supposedly that, that movie's already written. They're also going to do a Wonder Woman 3. That the director Patty Jenkins... Oh, excuse me. That the director Patty Jenkins has been writing... And they're going to be, um, maybe hopefully this might also lead to another cinematic movie again. But those are a lot of the major releases that are still coming from the DCEU. There's also an Aquaman 2 coming out soon. But those are the big main things that's supposed to still come to the DCEU. And I think that with James Gunn, they're going to continue on this path. And this will be the official route that the DCEU is going. But one thing, though, is that supposedly there's a there was a rumor going around, an article posted on all the trades about a month or two ago, that David Zaslov, who's, who came from Discovery when they merged with Warner Bros., but he's been saying that they're going to sell Warner Bros. to um, Universal, or Universal is the number one pick to buy at 18, I mean, Xfinity Universal is the number one pick to buy Warner Media. So supposedly that he's getting it ready all big and buff so they can sell it to Universal and then Universal will buy it. I think Universal would stick with still making all these movies too. And I think they might even, even if the fan, if the fans demanded enough, then maybe we'll get Batgirl again. Because to be honest, I was kind of excited for that movie and I was really bummed out when they were canceling it. But yeah, that's the kind of the future of DC, the DC Universe right now. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, we're going to take a break because just when you thought we had gone too far, we're just getting started. So keep listening to KWDC Stockton.
A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update! I'm gonna let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Were you born from 1945 to 1965? People born during these years are five times more likely to have hepatitis C. But most people don't know they are infected. So even if you try to eat right, exercise, and take care of yourself, you can still have hepatitis C, a serious liver disease that often has no symptoms. In fact, people can live with hepatitis C for decades without feeling or looking sick. But over time, hepatitis C can cause serious health problems, including liver damage, liver failure, or even liver cancer. Getting tested is the only way to know if you're infected with hepatitis C. That's why the CDC recommends everyone born from 1945 to 1965 get a blood test for hepatitis C. Treatments are available that can cure this disease. So talk to your doctor about getting tested. It could save your life. A message from the CDC. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. <coughs> Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. <laughs> Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message is brought to you by the National Association of Broadcast and KWDC. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day? that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives. The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. So we're back. So thanks for tuning in to Delta College Radio here on KWDC 93.5. We are ready. We are back and we are ready to talk about our next topic. So in this next portion of our new show, of my new show, or of our new show, I should say, um, I want to talk about new movie news uh, that have uh, came out recently. Uh, so one of the biggest things that came out this last week of the world of film and I'll, and I'll touch upon a TV show, too. So, don't worry. So we won't just be talking about movies here. Even though that's the theme. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about uh, the new Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, which comes out next Friday, November 12th, if I remember correctly. And they had the world premiere last week, October 26th or 27th. And so, uh, there was first reactions to the film. And 
myself, I love looking at the reactions. So I'm not a big spoiler person. Spoilers don't affect me, so I, I'll get in, I won't go into spoilers because I, unless I say spoilers, I want you guys to always have a great movie-going experience. But Black Panther 2 came out, and the first reactions have been very positive, calling it just as good as the first film. They did a great job honoring Chadwick Boseman, who, as many of you probably know, has passed away, and he played the original Black Panther. And his this girl that plays his sister, Letitia Wright, has done very well in the movie. The person that plays her mother, Angela Bassett, has done really well, and she might, and the rumor going around is she might get a Best Supporting Actress Oscar nomination, which I'll personally be very happy with because I'm a big fan of hers. And also, the person that plays the mo- villain of the movie, Namor, uh, Tenek Huerta, a uh, Hispanic actor who's mainly known for the show uh, Narcos from Netflix, is supposedly really good in the villain villainous role. Also, I've heard the direction is very well done, and... The visual effects are very good. The acting all around is very good, and it—it's um, it, people, I guess, have been really enjoying it because they feel like it's—it doesn't dive too much into the like. It feels separate from Marvel. It doesn't feel like it's gonna lead up to something. It's just its own kind of movie. There's still some Easter eggs I've heard, but it's just its own little movie, and so people can enjoy it. And I guess by doing that, they've really honored. This is a movie to honor Chadwick Boseman and his legacy, the legacy of the Black Panther character, characters in the movie and everything involved with it. But yeah, so another big movie, or let's say TV show news for this one, is the hit show Severance from Apple TV Plus had started production on its season two and has added some new cast members, including the biggest one, which I think all of you guys probably know, is Game of Thrones actress. Gwendolyn Christie. She was she played Brienne of Tarth in the show, and she was also in the Star Wars movies playing Captain Phasma. Um, Severance, who I didn't know, has been was a big awards contender in the TV awards circuits this last uh, year. Cause it came out, I think, last year, the end of last year. But it's about this dude. Um, he works at this company where he can have his memories severed from his outside memories and his work memories. And it's about all the different crooks and nannies that come with that type of storyline and those characters. And it's, it's, it's a very good show. It's, it's excellently well-directed by uh, actor Ben St- Stiller, who I think many of you guys also know. But I highly recommend if you haven't seen the first season, but watch it so you can prepare for the next season, which will probably come out maybe at the end of next year, I would say. Which is crazy. <laughs> so, um... I don't know if you guys have heard, but Academy Award winner Lupita Nyong'o, a famous actress who had won her Academy Award for 12 Years a Slave back in the award show happened in 2014, but it was a film from 2013, has been cast in in the Quiet Place sequel, I mean prequel actually, A Quiet Place Day One. Little is known about this film so far though, but other than her being cast in it and John Krasinski, I think he's writing it and producing it, and he's the one who directed the first two and wrote the first two starred in the first two uh he's not directing this one but the man who directed the movie pig uh starring nicholas cage that came out last year will be directing it so I'm, I'm a big quiet place fan so i'm really excited for this one and all we also know about the story is that it's gonna be from a different perspective of survivors when this i think it's an aliens come down to earth and start running amok and destroying things and it's from day one 
which I'm pretty excited for. So hopefully that can come soon. Those movies don't take that long to film. And they're really cheap to make. But I think what I would have done, though, for A Quiet Place or The Quiet Place 3 is I would have cast more deaf actors or actresses in it because I feel like it's important to get their voices heard, too. Personally, I think I think in A Quiet Place 3, I have a theory of what's going to happen is that they're going to might find, like, a resistance or, like, a rebel group of maybe deaf people who've been able to be so quiet because of their knowledge of ASL. And if they, um, they maybe the family meets a group of them and they go and take down the alien queen or something. I think some great people that, would be, that should be cast in it, or especially one of them, is Lauren Ridloff, and she was in, I think most recently, Eternals, the Marvel movie. I know that movie kind of sucked, but I think she'd be an excellent actress for this film. Um, but yeah, that's what we have on the quiet place front. Another breaking news story that's happened in the last week is I think a lot of people, especially older people, love the Hallmark Channel on TV. They love it. They love watching those Christmas movies. Like, I think during COVID in 2020, they had Christmas in July because they have so many Christmas movies and people just love them so much. There are some good ones, but they're very generic, to be honest. But the reason why I bring this story up is because they're adding a Hallmark hub on Peacock, the universal streaming service, which I think will become very popular with uh, many fans and audiences of Universal and also Peacock. So, our next story actually kind of pertains to this Christmas stuff. Because I don't know if you guys ever seen, but the classic Christmas movie, A Christmas Story, it plays like on the Turner Broadcasting System on TV and all day long about Ralphie and his family in the 40s during the one Christmas that he'll remember. And so uh, they're making a direct sequel. I know they have like a spin-off sequel about called A Summer Story. And there's another one direct home video one that came out like 10 years ago but this one is a direct direct sequel having the original actor playing the character of ralphie again and he in the movie's about he goes back home takes place in the 70s he goes back home to his mom after his dad dies to have one great christmas with his family uh the movie is coming out on november 17th on hbo max and i hope you guys are excited for it because i'm pretty sure i am because that's a hallmark Hallmark in my house for Christmas. My dad loves that show. Uh, today, the a- new Avatar 2 trailer was recently released, and it show and the movie's about the it's called Avatar: The Way of Water. The movie's about the struggles that the main characters uh, Jake or Jack, I think it's Jake, and Naitri have as they try to find a new home for their family on the pl- planet everybody loves to visit, Pandora. Also, earlier this week, this movie was thrilled to be around three hours and ten minutes long which that's quite a long time for a movie so I guess make sure you use the bathroom before you go and see it the movie's gonna release December 16th just in time for the holiday season another big movie news is the Russo brothers who are mainly known for their direction of the hit comedy show Community which is one of my favorite shows ever and also directing some major Marvel movies like the four they did was Captain America Winter Soldier Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. But they have a new film. Most recently, they directed the film The Gray Man for Netflix. And their new film is also for Netflix, and it's called The Electric State. It's based off a book, a graphic novel, I believe, that's starring Chris Pratt and Millie Bobby Brown. It is about a young girl who journeys across a futuristic America 
in search of her missing brother. The movie has cast many stars that have kind of become stallmarks, hallmarks for or normal casting people for the Russo brothers, including Giancarlo Esposito. He's the famous like TV villain guy. Played the, I forgot his name, the bad guy from The Mandalorian. You've seen that. Stanley Tucci, Anthony Mackie, and Billy Bob Thornton. This movie seems pretty exciting, and I can't wait to see what it will bring to audiences when it comes out in a few years. What job the Wish Brothers do. Many are calling 2022 the year for Paramount Pictures with the release of movies. Well, 2022, let me actually say this, hasn't been the best year for films, but when it has been, when films have been released, it's been a great year for Paramount Pictures with releases of uh, mega hit movies, including ones such as The Lost City, starring Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. It's a romantic comedy, basically a remake of the 1984 film, The Romancing the Stone. The film Smile, which released back at the end of September, it's a horror film. And Top Gun Maverick, which I probably think all of you guys have probably seen this year, as it's the number one movie of the year and one of the biggest movies of all time, making over $1.5 billion. Um, some of the other major movies Paramount has released this year include Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Orphan First Kill, the new Scream movie, um, what's the other one? Um, my head's blanking. Sorry, guys. But they're also supposed to release a movie called Babylon, which is supposed to be a big Oscar contender later this year. As well as this being a great year for Paramount Pictures, it has also been a great year for horror films, with them making a ton of money at the box office and being insanely critical. Critically acclaimed, I should say. So some of the big movies that came out this year in the world of horror have been Scream 5, or it's called Scream, as many like to call it. <laughs> uh, the Black Phone has also been critically acclaimed and made a ton of money at the bo domestic box office. I think over $100 million. And that's that one I saw, I would say it's, Scream was pretty good. But Black Phone, I don't know, it's more of a thriller to me. It's kind of weird at some points, but you have to see it for yourself to see if you agree with me. Uh, another major film this year has been Barbarian, which came out in September. That one hasn't made as much money as, some, as the first two I just, the last two I just spoke of, but it has been critically a critical success and supposedly very scary. I've yet to see that one. Another film, indie horror film, that has done incredibly well, being made on a $250,000 budget, is The Terrifier 2. This film, which is on Netflix, I think the first one, they made a sequel of it, and like I said, for a very small amount of money, it's made like $20 million, I think it is. Let me actually search that up. The Terror of Fire 2. So it's it's like 10 times its original budget, which is insanely crazy. Oh no, that's a little too much, but it's still making a lot of money. It might reach there, but it's $7.9 million as of right now. But hopefully we'll reach there sooner rather than later. But that movie, I think, has been a big hit with people because there's been a lot of news about it, about it being making people physically ill because of its content. It's kind of crazy that a movie can do that. It kind of reminds me of The Exorcist when it came out about four, 50 years ago today. But, uh, yeah. So that's your big movie news for the week, and we will be taking another little break, so keep listening. And remember, we're college students, and we can't get any worse. Do you procrastinate? 
I'm sure you do, because we all do. Well, here are some tips from CampusWell to help stop the procrastination. First, break up your to-do list. This will help make each part of a larger project seem more manageable. Secondly, compensate. Create a false deadline for yourself a week or more before the due date. And finally, accept imperfection. The work can't even begin to be great if you never start. These tips were brought to you by CampusWell. I hope these tips help you get through the upcoming finals. Hey everyone, let's all stop what we're doing and take a moment. You see? Every moment can be kind of special. But they could be loud moments, goofy moments, dorky moments, it doesn't matter. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Suicide is the leading cause of death amongst young adults. Friends can play a crucial role in suicide prevention, since 76% of young adults turn to a friend in a time of crisis. This generation is ready to crack open a conversation about mental health, but they're missing the language to do it. Seize the Awkward aims to encourage and empower young adults to reach out to a friend who may be struggling with mental health. SeizeTheAwkward.org provides resources such as tutorial videos, information on warning signs, conversation starters, and tips on how to sustain a conversation around mental health. To learn more, visit SeizeTheAwkward.org public service announcement brought to you by the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention and the Ad Council. So we're back. So if you would like to a written transcript of today's broadcast, just write down everything we say. We all, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we only have a little bit more time together, so let's talk about a classic movie that I highly recommend for all to watch. It is a classic Arnold Schwarzenegger action flick from the year 1990, and it's called Total Recall. Here's a little audio clip so you guys can kind of hear what this movie's all about and a famous scene from the movie, and let's here it is. Would you, sweetheart? Sweetheart, be reasonable. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. That line, probably the most famous line from the movie, as I know, as is. There's always a famous line in every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. There's also a line later in the movie where this dude gets that Arnold Schwarzenegger kills with like a jackhammer and he's like, screw you because the thing looks like a screw and it's kind of funny. And, you know, if you know an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, you know you expect the cheesy one-liners. 
But so let's talk about this movie. Um, let's talk about what was good. Well, no, I always like the bad first. Let's talk about what was bad about this movie. To be honest, I didn't see that much that was bad for this movie. I thought this movie was phenomenally good. I was like, why did I just watch this? Why did I just discover this movie now? Like, I should have watched it sooner. Um, so, uh, there was... It's oh, the only thing I probably didn't like about it. I don't know. There was some things in the movie that I think... There was one character at this bar. And I thought that she was treated kind of badly by the script. Like, I was like, uh, I don't know if I would really go into, like, that and stuff. But it kind of pertains to the story, but it's like, uh, it's kind of edgy. And, like, seriously. But you have to find out for yourself. One thing that really surprised me, though, is this movie was remade in 2012, starring Colin Farrell and, I think, Kate Bosworth, I think. But I was like, why do they remake this movie? This movie is so good. Like, it doesn't make sense to me for them to remake. So, this movie, um... I did not expect some of the twists and turns it took me on. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm so dumb. I forgot to tell you guys what this movie's actually all about in the first place. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but this movie's about... Uh, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's in the future. The world has kind of like... They, they've colonized all of space and stuff, and it's the future. So you can do space travel and all that. And this one man, he lives on Earth, but he has dreams about a life that, that he had on Mars. And it's so weird to him. So he goes to this place called Total Recall. And they implement these memories of a vacation. Because so, sometimes it's too expensive and unsafe to travel to uh, Mars or somewhere else to have a vacation. But get, get, when getting these memories implanted, he ends up discovering and unlocks his memories of a previous life he had as a secret agent on Mars. So he goes back to Mars as he's ch chased by this people known as the Agency... Work for the who works for the head businessman slash colonizer, or actually business magnet, probably a better thing to say, um, of Mars. And the, the movie progresses, and there's a bunch of twists and turns, which I really enjoyed, and I did not see coming for this film. It was like, to be honest, really shocking at some points. The twists and turns this movie took, like, gasp out loud, shocking. Um, I won't. I don't really want to review those twists and turns because I think it really helps make this movie going experience. But just like with Black Adam, this movie's a complete popcorn flick. It's a blockbuster. It's a bunch of action, adventure. It's a lot of fun, great visual effects. Especially for the time that it came out in 1990. It has some amazing makeup effects, which the guy who does the makeup, Rob Boat Bowden, Boteen, I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, also did the makeup effects for the director's last film of Total Recall, his last film, Robocop, which has phenomenal visual effects. Effects, makeup effects and he also did the f did him for the film the thing which it's an infamous story that he worked so hard on that movie that he literally lived on the universal studios backlot for about a year living in his car in the locker room or on a studio couch or whatever that he didn't leave it for almost a year that's just crazy but those vi those makeup effects really pay off and they're probably to me the best some of the best makeup effects i've ever seen in my life so just for the makeup effects alone it's great to see this movie uh you also got a great performance from arnold schwarzenegger you would think because of his like physique and his voice similar to other big action macho hero stars he wouldn't be that great of an actor but he's a pretty good actor he's able to convey emotion like he did in the terminator movies or in one of my favorites of his true lies but he's also able to do it here to get across these emotions to the audience about 
like the character himself and how he feels. And that also pertains to a character arc he goes through in this film of becoming, if he could turn bad, but he decides to stay good and stuff. And there's a little bit in this movie about discovering yourself, which also pertains to Arnold's character arc, which is a really cool thing to see. And I think because of that, it really helps make this movie a, a classic that it is. So I want to end today's broadcast, like maybe do something. I want to talk about Oscar predictions, because this is a movie podcast. Because remember, let's go to the movies. So, um, so, I'm a, so if you're watching this, you probably watch the Oscars or know of them. But I want to tell you some of the big frontrunners for this year's ceremony. The ceremony doesn't come until, and as more changes and more as I see these movies, they might change. But um, the award ceremony is not until March, um, which is pretty late, usually for what it's been in the past. But uh, a bunch of films have been able to uh, be considered for it. But let me tell you my predictions. So I think let's let's start our way up. So I think the film actually how do I actually do this? Let me actually start from the back. So I think the film Babylon, start from director Damien Chazelle about. The, it's kind of like a big Hollywood epic that takes place when Hollywood for, went from silent films to the talkies. And it stars uh, Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt and a, bit, a bunch of other people that you probably have heard of, but you can search on the cast. And um, of how they get uh, what's the word? How they get reacclimated to becoming stars in this new world of talkies, which is something a lot of famous people faced during that time. But this movie so far. Nobody's seen it, but it has some... From what we can see from the trailer, I'm pretty sure it's going to win costume design and production design. Like, the sets just look beautiful. The costumes look beautiful. I think it scores some other nominations, including cinematography, score, and makeup effects. But, yeah, I think it for sure is in the can for the costume and production design. The movie Top Gun Maverick, I think, will be also be a big contender, especially in the technical categories. And I think it will for sure win in Best Sound. I thought it was going to win in Best Song, but I think Rihanna's song, Lift Me Up, from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, will win that. That's personally who I would vote for now, after hearing it. I think for visual effects, Avatar The Way of Water will win, as long as scoring some other very big technical nominations as well. Um, but let's see if it can be as good as the first. But... James Cameron's making it, and he's phenomenal with sequels, especially science fiction and action movies, and also things that have to do with water. And that's what Avatar is all about, so you never know. Never say never. Uh, so, um, so I think that will have visual effects. I think another big contender will be the... I think what will win best score and best original maybe screenplay actually too and song is The Fablemans which is Steven Spielberg's autobiographical film about um, a fictional take on his life growing up in post-war Arizona World War II Arizona and how his love for films helps him deal with many issues in his life and so movies are dreams that you never forget $100 for a hobby. Can you stop calling it a hobby? The Fablements is the best movie of the year. You do what your heart says you have to. So you don't owe anyone your life. Heart-grabbing. And extraordinary. It's
It's the movie we've been waiting for Steven Spielberg to make. What was your favorite part? The Fablemans. Rated PG-13. In select theaters Friday. So far from the trailer, I'm going to see the movie in a few weeks, but the trailer, I'll give an update then too. And so far from the trailer, I would say this movie looks pretty good. Like, the cinematography looks amazing. The score from John Williams, which is actually going to be one of his last scores outside of the next Indiana Jones film. Well, uh, um, I think we'll win another Oscar for him. I think it could win original screenplay. It's either, I think, between that and the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mom, just wait. No time to wait. Very busy. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. If you can imagine it, somewhere out there, it exists. is bigger than you realize. Do you think this is funny? There's no going back. Of all the places I could be, I just want to be here with you. Which has a bit, a lot of momentum at the beginning of the year, but I think it's kind of losing that. But depending on the ad campaigns, the campaigning they do for the movie, A24, they can maybe reach it. I think for Best Supporting Actor, I'm going to go with Judd Hirsch, also from The Fablemans, won Best Supporting Actor. Um, I think for Best Supporting Actress, I think Claire Foy is going to win, but I could have, if Michelle Williams would have stayed in that category for The Fablemans, she could have won, but sadly she decided to, they, started, they are deciding to campaign her for Best Actress, and so she won't get that Supporting Actress. Well, she could, but it's most likely not. But yeah, so I think she should have she could have won it, but I think it's for Claire Foy, which I really like her, and I think her performance in the film Woman Talking is very good. I also think the film Woman Talking, which is about this Mennonite society in uh, somewhere on the East Coast, maybe it's in Canada, I forget. But uh, the men in the colony decide to assault these women, saying that they're getting rid of the devil in them, and these women, because if you don't know what Mennonite societies are, they're kind of like they're like these uh, like utopias but the people live in these little villages or farms in the middle of nowhere and they believe in patriarchy order and so these women don't know how to talk they don't know how to read and write they're illiterate their job is just to stay home and cook and there is societies like this in the world people like this in the world that are still like this but I think this movie is actually takes place in the modern day actually but but so these so these girls they get assaulted by the men in their society and when they all leave one day to deal with something in court the woman gather, the main woman of the town gather and make up a plan or decide what they they discuss what they should do to stop um, to deal with these men if they should leave if they should stay and fight if they should do nothing or if they should run away but if they run away you know that they wouldn't be that successful because they, they're illiterate. They've never been outside of their commune or any of that. So this movie should win Best Adapted Screenplay. I think for Best Actor, I think Brendan Fraser pretty has this, pretty much has this one in the box with his film, The Whale, about a 600-pound man and him reconnecting with his uh, estranged daughter, played by Sadie Sink from Stranger Things. I think that movie will do... I think he'll win the Oscar for it. And so far, I've heard it's, he's done a really great performance in the movie. 
another person is for best actress I want Michelle Yeoh to win from everything everywhere all at once but I think Kate Blanchett will win for the film Tar but she already has two Oscars Michelle Yeoh has zero but that's why I really want Michelle Yeoh but it's, I think it's between them two for best director and best picture I think it's going to go to Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans for best director and also for best picture I think the Academy wants to award him one more time because you know he's going to have their age he's, he says he's not going to retire anytime soon but um, I think with his impact and legacy on the film industry it's he, he deserves to have another Oscar and so I, I think he'll win for that one but yeah those are my Oscar predictions for right now I'll update them every week as the show goes on. So we are at the top of the hour, so that means we're going to have to say goodbye and thank you for listening and coming to the movies with us. Let's Go to the Movies has been a production of KWDC 93.5 LPFM Delta College Radio. This program is made possible by listeners like you. Programming is produced by the students, staff, and faculty of San Joaquin Delta College's Digital Media Department. It is supported by the Delta College Department of Arts, Humanities, and Multimedia, the Career Technical Education and Workforce Development Office, and the State of California. Thank you for listening. <laughs>